Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Bought by the Hour podcast. I'm your host, Jill, and this is episode six, The Tricks. We are going to talk about some crazy stuff tonight, so I hope you are ready. Here we go. So I have a pretty generic content warning that I generally enter into this slot here, but um, this episode is a little bit different. I'm going to do something pretty specific. I just want anybody who's listening to completely understand. I'm going to be pretty detailed about what happens with the tricks during this trafficking situation. Um, Not to glorify the situation or anything of that manner, but... A lot of people, it's just, it's a section that I get the most questions on. A lot of people are curious about um, how that works and what that looked like and what that, you know, what that experience was like. Um, And so I just want anyone who is not prepared to hear sexual graphic details to exit now. Like, I will not be offended. Um, I do not want to trigger anyone. I don't want to bother anybody and and kind of disrupt your idea of the world. <laughs> um, I just, I don't want um, anyone to be taken aback by what you hear in this episode. So I wanted to be very clear ahead of time. Um, so here is your warning. I'm going to play a nice little song after this um, and we'll jump into it. If you are still here with me, thank you. Um, This part of the story, I, which, and I want to address something really quick, actually, that was brought up to me by somebody um, who is a fellow podcaster. I laugh a lot, you guys. I laugh at things that are not funny. I laugh at inappropriate times. It is a problem in my daily life. It is a problem here. It is a problem. (laughs) It is basically, so talking about this, I've said it a couple of times, it's a little bit harder than I I thought it would be sometimes, certain subjects, certain days, certain, you know, all of it is just a little bit more triggering than, you know, not talking about it. So I have sometimes an overwhelming amount of anxiety in my brain and in my mind and I can't. And the laughter is just a way for me to relieve that. And, um, it's not because it's funny. It's just that that's kind of how I've chosen to handle this entire situation. Um, it, you know, I just make jokes about it. It's hard for people who have not been through something like that to understand. I get a lot of weird looks when I make jokes about the basement. Um, but you know, (laughs) it is what it is. So, um, From that, we are moving forward. If I make a joke or I laugh during a story that you probably would not think is funny, it's because I'm just trying to handle it. And I won't judge the way you handle things if you don't judge me. (laughs) So here we go. The move from the track to working in hotels was... It, it took a lot of things for that to happen, for that to take place. A, the brainwashing had to, like, set in. Um, the regular manipulation on top of the sexual and emotional manipulation, plus the fear of violence hanging over my head for both me and my family members. Um, on top of that, I had made enough money working the track that he was able to purchase a vehicle 
And so that just really changes like your ability to travel and to <laughs> get around in New York. It's, you know, the public transportation system in New York is a headache to say the least. So it's just all of a sudden there was this ability to go like wherever. Um, and so on top of that, I had learned how tricks work and their mindset. And Jack used to say all the time, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, you know, and then he'd wait for me to fill it in and I'd be like, yeah, it's a duck, whatever. So, um, and he was just referring to tricks, like if it, if it walks like a trick and then, you know, they all kind of behave the same way. And, you know, I think they say there's like 16 personalities in the world or whatever. Tricks are one of them. Like whatever falls into like, it's, it, it really is like the same kind of people. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to explain it. They all have similarities though. Every single person that came to see me, um, for the entire three years I was there, like they all had just a lot of personality, uh, some of them job wise but either way, uh, they were all tricks. <laughs> and so, um, when I first started out, I was in like, <sighs> no tell motel gross like you can rent them by the hour hotel rooms <laughs> which I did not even know was a thing until this situation I had never heard of <laughs> I didn't understand why you would even rent a hotel for hours instead of the whole night like but obviously I do now um he didn't really train me a lot. Jack didn't give me a whole lot of like, um, <laughs> information. He kind of just would leave me places. Um, and so he would wait until I had a problem or until I had like a question come up. And then he would be like, actually, I do have the answer for that. I am so glad you asked me. I'm so glad you know to come to me with these questions so that I can be that helping hand for you. And I'm like, look, <laughs> you know, looking back, it's funny because it's like, uh, I really bought into all of that. Like, oh my gosh, uh, whatever. So there was, um, at the beginning, I did not know how the whole process was taking place. He would leave me at hotels. People would call my phone. I would set updates with them. They would come visit, pay, we did our thing. So at the beginning, it was pretty generic, pretty regular, what you can imagine um, a trafficker making a prostitute do. After a while, I did learn that Jack was posting me on Backpage and on Craigslist and, like, I don't know, several other sites. <laughs> Apparently, there's a lot of them to choose from. And so, um, Backpage is now gone. The federal government shut it down. Uh, Craigslist has taken out their personal section, but I'm sure... I haven't looked into it. I'm sure they're still figuring out a way to use it. So it's probably like under pets now or something. So um, there was a lot of weirdness just in the regular side of this world. Like a lot of just, I mean, I hate to say it, but generally the men that are paying for this service are paying for it because they cannot get it for free. So there's something either A, there's something wrong with their request, or B, there's something that is socially wrong with their appearance, or whatever it is, um, you know, so uh, 
it, it just was pretty much all weird people. And then Jack had this like master plan that he figured out that you get more money for weird stuff. So I'm not here to kink shame anybody. I'm just saying the things that were not vanilla paid a lot more money. And so Jack was like, look, A, less actually having sex with people, which was like, I'm down for, right? And then B, more money. And the more money that you make per person, the quicker you get to your minimum. He's like, and then you could like sleep for eight hours at night. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> yes, please, because I was exhausted. And so he starts to buy me all of these strap-ons and dildos and whips and gags and vibrating things. I had a TENS machine that I used to put on men's. It, <laughs> there were, it was a lot of very weird things. And then he would just tell me, like, you need to watch a lot of porn You need and you need to train yourself, like, to do this. Because if they leave reviews for you on this like special site then more people that are into this fetish stuff will come and see you and you'll make a lot of money and i'm like okay well whatever you say just you know don't hurt me again so oh there was uh, uh, okay <laughs> some of this stuff i'm telling you guys there were i had a man who would come and see me on the regular um i and i i'm gonna refer to them as tricks um so I had a trick that came and saw me on the regular that was very into being dominated. Um, usually it was strap-ons and that kind of things. He would bring his own extra uh, stuff and like, you know, for me to time up with and I, lots of, he wanted me to like smash his balls with things and it was just a lot. And so one time though he i was not in the town that he was located in and he was like please i need to see you and so we set up a way to do a video call and when this man called me he had his computer like hdmi'd into his giant like 64 inch tv so i am like huge in his living room and he is sitting on a recliner with his legs spread flipped over the arms so like super spread eagle and he is touching himself and it was just it was pretty generic for what I was used to and I'm like okay yeah cool and at that point he reaches over to like his coffee table and he grabs something and then like rubs it on himself and I thought I was like, just assumed it was a sexual product of some sort and then his dog comes over <clears throat> And proceeds to have, uh, well, or lick, it was peanut butter. It was, he, that was what he was. And I, um, disconnected the call so fast and called Jack. I was like, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to do. What do I do? I couldn't, I had to, I, I had to, I, it was, um, and he's like, no, it's fine. I'm not mad at you. He's like, it was good that you did that. You know, he's like, we don't, you know, we don't mess with that kind of stuff. Like children, animals, we don't that's not something that we're okay with. And I was like, okay, good. Because I am not okay right now. <laughs> like I was freaking out and I was, it was just, it really caught me off guard because it was not what I was expecting. It was not something that was in our normal, like that I was, that came from him. And so I just was really like, what, what in the world? Um, 
And so that was, that was my only encounter with a bestiality type fetish. Um, I didn't have anybody else, uh, with that one. Thank God. There were two different tricks that came into my room, um, with attractions to children. One of them, he didn't say anything about it um, until he got there and he had actually brought his laptop with him and he had child pornography on there. Um, I did make him leave and I did not give him his money back. <laughs> I was disgusted and triggered and uh, it just was not anything that I could handle. The other situation was a little bit different. Um, I had a man that came to me um, in New Jersey, and he would bring me outfits that belonged to his 12-year-old daughter. Um, it would be anything from, like, pajamas to swimsuits to her school uniform, and he would call me her name during our time together. And I did that somehow in my mind believing that me doing that was saving her. Um, I don't know that he was touching her. I don't, I didn't even have enough information about him to try to turn him in or contact anyone. I don't think Jack would have allowed that to happen anyway, but, um, I really, you know, I hope that I was able to spare her, even if it was for a short time. Um, he, he seriously did have some problems, <laughs> obviously. And um, I always felt really mixed about that situation. I never knew, like, am I making it worse? You know, am I making the urge stronger? Or am I making it better? Am I fulfilling that so that he doesn't have to hurt this child? Like, it's a it's a horrible situation to be in. Um, and I just kind of had to act however I felt was appropriate at that time. And But that was one of the harder, definitely one of the harder. The weird ones are, you know, whatever. Um, but those, those ones were... Um, I remember them specifically. I could see their faces. <laughs> but um, there, there was no limitations to the men that came to see me. And I say that in the sense that, you know, sometimes whenever um, I do speak publicly, uh, very limited, you know, in my small town, but I will use the example of pastors and deacons and senators and lawyers and judges who came to see me and paid me money for these things. Um, but that's because those people hold some sort of standard in society. They have, you know, in people's minds, they're on some sort of pedestal that they wouldn't or shouldn't act that way. Um, especially or police officers, you know, and, um, but it was everybody. It was the guy that works at Dollar General. It was dudes that work at Pizza Hut, Subway, the gas station. I mean, I had people that, like, he. I had a guy that told me that he stole money from his girlfriend to come and see me. 
And he wanted some weird stuff, which makes sense, you know, because his girlfriend was probably like, no, crazy. <laughs> um, the, the amount of people that came into my room and asked me to use the restroom on them in one way or the other, number one and number two. Woo! Can I tell you, I did not even know. I had no idea. I had, and I wish that I could have gone through my life not knowing how many people like to be pooped on. It is so, I... Again, not kink shaming, but I don't get it. It is just not my thing, and I do not understand. Whoa. For health reasons, I just feel like it really shouldn't be anyone's thing. But, you know, that's beside the point. So, that was... It was everybody, everywhere. Um, <laughs> any man, no matter whether he has money or didn't have money and the ones that had more money always wanted even more strange things i had one gentleman that paid for an uber to his house he i told him if i was going to do that he needed to pay me ahead of time he happily uh paypal'd me at 700 and uh don't worry guys i'm already banned from paypal for life so <laughs> can't mess that one up anymore but um uh, he PayPal'd me $700 and I hopped in the little Uber and went over to his house and he really paid me to come over there and put on gloves and shove cocaine in his booty. Because I guess if you do cocaine for a long enough period of time, your nose no longer works. And so the only other options to get it inside are your mouth or your anus. And he did not like the taste. And so that's what I did. I also made my minimum in less than two or three tricks that day. <laughs> and I slept very great that night. And that was how I I got through doing all of this weird stuff. I just kept thinking, like, I, I am surviving right now. I'm doing what I have to do to make sure that a, I'm not up all night. B, I'm not getting the crap beat out of me. And C, the treatment isn't bad enough that I try to run away and he kills my entire family. So, when I talk about this stuff in a joking manner, it was how I had to handle it because it was how I had to live my life. And I've had so many people that are like, you realize that's not normal? And I'm like, you realize that was my normal that was, it was my normal. It, it, it was every day. That was the normal thing that happened. Somebody was doing drugs. Somebody wanted something in their butt. Somebody wanted to be pooped on. It, and every single day they asked me if I would do it without a condom. And do you, I mean, I never did. That was my, I, I would not budge, but uh, the, I just don't, under, I don't, there's just a lot of things that I don't understand the, the risk versus reward ratio. And so, um, but there were a lot of men that were more than willing to take that risk and did not know me from any, anywhere. <laughs> and so, um, <clears throat> a lot of domination, a lot of fetishes, a lot of, um, I had a, a gentleman bring his own 16-inch double into dildo because he wanted me to shove it down his throat until he vomited. And so I put him in the shower and did just that. The The amount of, like, strange thing I just remember, I had a man who literally paid me over $300 to kick him in the balls. Like, what? 
why? <laughs> why? Um, it, there was, it was day after day of just crazy. And sometimes I would be like, oh, that's it. That's the weirdest. That's going to be the top of it the, right there. It cannot get worse than that. And then the next day rolls around and I'm like, okay, I was wrong yesterday because this <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but once I got into where I was making enough money that Jack was happy and he started treating me better and then I started getting better hotels, well, then that's when you start getting senators and that's when you start getting judges. They won't come to the no-tell motels, okay, because they're not getting caught up in a sting and going to jail. They have careers and things to lose. When you're at a Hilton or when you're at a resort in the Poconos Mountains, <laughs> they are coming two, three cars deep, security entail, sitting, waiting outside. And it pretty much ruins um, men. It ruins men for you. I, I have been single since I got out. Um, minus that one part where I got pregnant real quick. But um, I, it is, it's, it's impossible for me to see a man and not see him not resemble somebody that I saw in that three and a half years. It's, it's so hard for me to not, to see a man and not think that he's thinking the same thing that all those other men thought for three, three years. Like it's not, I just can't, the idea that men have feelings is really hard for me to wrap my, my head around because I've experienced nothing but men with like zero feelings and, I've had, I had a man stand in his room and talk to his wife on the phone and tell her that he was at work and at a meeting and he was running late and he was winking at me while he was saying it to her and kind of, you know, giggling. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I wish I could be like, no, he's not, <laughs> you know, of course that wouldn't end well. Tricks can be very violent. Um, there were multiple times that I had tricks decide that they were going to try to overpower me um, and take longer than what they had paid for. Or I had one gentleman who was being super rough. The condom broke and we both noticed. It, it was pretty obvious. And so his solution was to try to lay down on top of me harder with all of his weight so that I couldn't get off. Um, it didn't work by the way, punched him in the nose, but <clears throat> it was not uncommon that I was physically being, um, assaulted on a, on a regular basis. I had a couple of, I had like a comb knife, um, and I had some knuckles that, you know, if I needed to defend myself, but I am not a fighter. Um, anybody who knows me knows I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't. Um, it's just not me. It's, I'm not, I don't usually go around punching people. So, um, it's just kind of funny looking back, uh, at how hard I had to act like I was cause I'm not, <laughs> I'm not guys. <laughs> so, um, there were 
just so many. I'm trying to think. Um, I, I've given you all of the stories I had written down. And so this is where we get into the, <laughs> the number one rule of podcasting. Don't ramble. Um, but I think we, you know, we can do, uh, another episode that talks about this kind of stuff later on. I don't want to do too many explicit episodes, um, just to kind of keep the audience available and open. I don't want to trigger anybody. I don't want to, um, bring up any bad memories or, or issues that people might have. So I'm really glad that you guys have stuck with me through this and, um, thank you. Thank you guys so much for joining me for episode six. Um, I promise I will not have all of the episodes be this explicit. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, I'm glad that I am able to share this part of the story with you guys and that everyone is so understanding. And thank you for being here. Again, if you could please share this podcast with your friends whether it be on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Um, You can follow us on Facebook. You can also visit my Anchor site. You can leave me a voice message and you can become a subscriber today. Thank you guys so much.